The cookie didn't crumble as the Mets took two or three from the Rangers in Queen. I'm going to write dad jokes for a living, Figgy. Oh, boy. We recapped the weekend series win. Jacob DeGrom's first rehab outing. Mad Max's return Tuesday. And Jake's nightmare BP performance against me uh, out in Staten Island. I've never seen someone with such little athletic ability as myself on that fine Wednesday on the island of the Staten. Our special guest is the post MLB insider and co-host of the show. It's John Heyman. All that and a whole lot more comes your way next on an Independence Day edition of Amazing But True from the New York Post. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Queens, New York. Mets take the field. So amazing. That smack to deep left field. Back goes Calhoun looking up and it's out of here. Starling Marte homers for the second straight day. And he launches one out to right center field. Back goes Garcia to the track looking up and it's out of here. Eduardo Escobar is homered for the third consecutive game. And Tavares flies one toward the gap in left center. Back goes in Ciarte to put it away, and the ball game is over. Ooh, welcome to an Independence Day edition of Amazing But True, our New York Mets podcast from the New York Post. Happy 4th of July to everyone listening and to America, of course. It's Jake Brown here alongside my co-host, Nelson Figueroa, follow us on Twitter at Amazing But True, at Jake Brown Radio, at Figgy NY. We're here with Andrew Hartz, of course. We are coming from home today, and shout out to SNY. Thanks to them for the highlights from a Mets victory, a 4-1 win on Sunday, Figgy. A series win over the Rangers, the Rangers of Texas, not the New York Rangers. So when the Texas Rangers and New York Rangers, do they have a lunch together back after this? Uh, That was a nice (laughs) win. And Eduardo Escobar, a homer in all three games. And what a story. I mean, he said a week ago, Figgy, one day I'm going to give them the reasons to cheer for me to the Mets. Well, he gave a lot of reasons over the weekend, basically Winning Friday's game with his homer, Sunday giving them insurance runs that essentially won them the game. Eduardo Escobar getting the job done. We'll be joined by John Heyman of the New York Post later on. We'll get into Scherzer, DeGrom, Alvarez, everything, but Figgy, good to win a series, kind of, you know, stop the panic. Mets fans are panicking. The Braves were inching closer and closer. A couple of former Mets helping us out on Sunday for the Reds in that game Sunday that was going back and forth between former Mets contributing for both sides, but Entering a series against one of the worst teams in baseball in Cincinnati and Skyline Chili season, the Mets have a three and a half game lead. Yeah, just three and a half. And it seems like just yesterday we were so excited. This team was nine and a half, almost 10 games above everybody else. The Braves are playing much, much better baseball now. They're starting to you know kick it into full stride. The Mets are still keeping pace. Um, and all I can see on the horizon is 
reinforcements coming and things gaining a little bit easier as far as the starter front. And hopefully that trickles down to the bullpen, uh, having to be less taxed and everything will kind of write itself out. The lineup has been doing such a great job throughout this season, being as steady as possible. And Escobar, who is one of the forgotten guys, and I don't think forgotten is the right term because everybody pointed fingers to, man, this guy sucks. He's not you know, carrying his weight. Everybody else is doing so well. And he was batting somewhere around 200. And then he got his 10 years of service in and, you know, Max Scherzer gave him the bottle of champagne and, you know, read all the nice accolades about such a, a great accomplishment. And since that time, in his last 33 games, this man has seven home runs and 27 RBIs, 27 RBIs in 33 games. He's only batting 256. Why well, I say only, but you know what? In nowadays baseball, 256 is the new 300. Quite frankly, he's just been rejuvenated and, and he's doing things at a much more consistent rate. And the home run in each game is nice. But it's the timely hits. It's the big hits. It's the hits in big moments. And his defense, of course, he's playing a little bit better as well, getting comfortable playing next to Lindor, who covers so much ground. You know, there's a lot of uh, times that you're kind of asked to do a little bit less than you normally have done in the past. So uh, there's uh, some growing pains in the beginning. I think he's starting to uh, hit his stride and become a, a major piece of this team like he was supposed to be. And listen, Escobar is fun. I mean, the Angels game where they mic'd up. I mean, he was hilarious. <laughs> he's a fun guy. You know, our guy, Chris Simon, got a tremendous photo of him Sunday during the game after the homer where he's like waving to the camera and he's just a happy guy fun to root for just a ball of energy and our guy the cookie carrasco spanish academy with a big rebound performance we <laughs> needed it for our good mojo figgy because he got rocked both times after shaking my hand maybe it was my hand that made him do bad i mean he gave up what five runs and then six runs against the astros team and we kind of just throw those four games into a big trash can. I mean, I had to do it. You had to do it one time. We banged the trash can a few times. Throw those four games against the Astros in there because they were all ugly. Tuesday and Wednesday were packed at City Field. The weekday mm-hmm. games, it was the highest price Tuesday for field-level seats I think I've seen in the history of the stadium besides Subway Series opening day and playoffs. I mean, a big crowd, and the Mets did not show up. Cookie didn't show up, but Sunday – he did eight Ks, one run. Adam Adovino told us the funniest guy on the team, Joely Rodriguez, got four big outs on Sunday, mm-hmm. and he's been pitching better. The Mets still need bullpen help, but he's been better. Drew Smith, I hated that. I mean, from the other day where you took out Edwin Diaz, I mean, I would have kept Diaz in for the ninth. Drew Smith gives up the homer to light hitting, a.k.a. zero homer, one RBI, Jason Castro, who had a batting average worse than I think Bartolo Colon's career batting average, who, by the <laughs> way, came out to City Field as well as we look back to the week that was wearing his own jersey as only big sexy could wearing that cologne it looked, on the it looked a little slim maybe not playing he's losing weight i don't know you know we'll see if he's back you you know you mentioned maybe he's, he'll be a fairy hawk this season at some point is there any update of that is he still talking with you is he trying to pitch he, he's still talking with us uh he's he had some things that he had to do this week so he wasn't able to come around but we're at home today tomorrow and then on the weekend friday saturday sunday and he said to me again that he wants to come out he wants to uh see the guys he wants to hang out he wants to also throw a bullpen and see how he feels so we're in the business the entertainment business as they say that would be must see tv um to get big sexy back on the mound i will make my way back to staten island (laughs) i might need a hiatus for a little while after 
just a absolutely disastrous performance. We'll get, we'll get to that. We'll get to that later. We'll Let, talk about that later. But uh, let's talk about know, the good. Spe- well, speaking of bullpen, Degrom had a little bit of a crowd around him, aka the entire roster. I mean, what a picture and video that was, where everyone was watching him pitch. He goes out, throws a hundred, a hundred and one. As I have my at home setup here, and I have my Jacob Degrom Cy Young bobblehead here. You worry a little bit. He's throwing that fast. You worry, but you also don't worry because he just goes balls to the wall all the time. That's what he does. But 101 the first time back, inning and two-thirds, struck at all five guys. Those poor kids. I mean, they're already, I hate to say poor, but they are. They don't pay them enough, so they're already poor. And then you're going to throw that at it. I mean, come on. I mean, these guys are eating ramen noodles, and now you're going to give them 101-mile-hour fastballs? <laughs> I hope he bought the opponent's dinner. And that was the big story, as we'll hear Max. They're eating well tonight. Scherzer, he fed everyone there you heard the sound by feeding the minor leaguers i don't know if Degrom did the same i don't read Degrom as the guy buying everyone lobster he's just more quiet and reserved than mad max was but that was the other rehab storyline figgy is mad max ready we'll see him on tuesday in cincinnati in 95 degree heat pitching for the mets but jacob Degrom figgy looked great and we hope to see him before the end of july probably three more one more in port st lucie probably two for the rumble ponies and then back with the Mets, which is a tremendous sign to have your top two guys back in the rotation. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's not even something you could say, oh, it's like having a trade. You're talking about two of the best pitchers of the last 10 years coming into you at one and two. Definitely sorely missed. Starting rotation has done an admirable job of keeping this team afloat in first place. What I look for is Jacob DeGrom, yes, was 101 on the gun. He struck out five of the six batters that he faced. He hit one guy with a slider. Besides that, dialing it up or down that's not a Jacob deGrom thing and when people say oh he's all out all the time pedal to the metal that's still not Jacob deGrom that used to be Noah Syndergaard who just cared about how hard he threw and just threw as hard as he could you know for as long as he could Jacob deGrom is is a polished pitcher who I don't know and he doesn't know where this 101 plus mile an hour fastball has come from I keep telling people and, and letting them know the new metrics is they're measuring it from a different distance. They're measuring it out of the hand at 55 feet. Well, Jacob deGrom doesn't finish five feet. His extension isn't five feet in front of the mound. It's actually seven foot four in front of the mound. So that's an extra two feet that he's getting of extension, which leads to the increase in velocity. He's not doing anything different than the 96, 97 mile an hour fastball that he had before. However, it's now being recorded differently. So it looks that way. He looks free and easy, man. It just looks effortless when he's doing it. And I'm glad that while he had that downtime, um, he was able to see some mechanical adjustments that he had to make. And I hope that he's going to see the benefits of that and was able to do that during the the time off. So if they can keep him from, you know, re-injuring himself and the best pitcher on the planet can be out there to be the best pitcher on the planet, all the better for the Mets. And that's an exciting reason to be a Mets fan right now. Uh, Max Scherzer doing Max Scherzer things, of course, both on the field and in the clubhouse. Um, being a leader that way and getting the kids AirPods and everything else, because that's a huge thing for any minor leaguer, uh, having uh, AirPods and, and being able to have your own space and get and away lobster. from things. AirPods oh, and lobster. That's lo- the name lobster, of our No, lobster, lobster, yeah. lobster and filet mignon. I mean, he, he wanted to show them, you know, the finer nice things friend. that once you get there, this is the kind of stuff that uh, you become accustomed to. So it was a very nice gesture 
by him. Um, will Jake do something like that? I'm sure he will after his uh, starts, whenever he leaves. It's usually when you leave a place that you do it so that you're not expected to do it every time. I thought you said um, you meant me when you said, Jake, will Jake do it? I'm like, will no. I get figgy? I mean, I probably owe you after uh, not getting a hit. The Ferry Hawks won't have to give away <laughs> tickets now because I literally didn't get a hit. Uh, but yes, I'll get you some filet mignon and uh, some lobster as well. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and you have to wear something like, you know, something sublimated that shows that I'm sure having those two guys back in the rotation, not only do you solidify the rotation, but now you bump a, a guy or two back that can now help out the bullpen. Um, the Mets are uh, sorely need a, a lefty to help out Rodriguez because uh, Jason Shreve is way too hot and cold um, for my liking and anybody's liking. He needs, he, he's a guy that when he's on then that split finger is working, he does a, a tremendous job, but when it's not, he gets beat around a little bit and you just want to have that not be something that you rely on after these guys come out after five, six innings and they hand it over to the bullpen for that little bridge before you get to Diaz. They need something, somebody they can rely on. And so they're definitely in the market for a left-handed reliever. I'm shrieved out. I was thinking today and I was watching back this morning and I was like, got emotional. I'm thinking of like Jacob DeGrom on the mound. Let's just imagine this situation right now. Top of the eighth, two outs, bases loaded, three and two the count. Jacob DeGrom against Trey Turner. DeGrom has the crowd on their feet. It's game seven, City Field. Here's the 3-2 pitch. Struck him out! Struck him out! And the Mets go to the bottom of the eighth with the lead. One nothing. You think of that moment of him in October that we just have not gotten yet. The moment that will carry him into getting that next contract for the Mets. And that's why these little sprinklings, these little nuggets, get you pumped. Because it's been a year since we even saw him on a mound. And we're drooling. You have people drooling, guys, girls, everyone drooling. And him just pitching for five outs. Just imagine playoffs, DeGrom, City Field. It's a site we've been craving. We haven't seen it. You know, 2015 was the last time. It's just a site we're just waiting for. So this is this was like a little teaser. We'll get Scherzer Tuesday. He fed everyone lobster. Good for him. Bodies are coming back and bodies are coming up. And one of those bodies also is Francisco Alvarez. Finally, gets the call up to AAA, Figgy. It seems he's getting closer and closer now to being a Met in September. And we'll talk about it with John Heyman later. But the power that he can add, even as a DH, you know, a pinch hitter, catch one day a week. Maybe they wait till the AAA season is over. But it seems like a no-brainer. Remember, the regular season goes a little bit later because the season got extended by a week. So that gives the Mets, you know, a little extra week to have Alvarez here. It seems like a no-brainer to have him come up in September. Yeah, no, I, I think that's most likely what's going to happen. As long as the Mets are still in this, I would say more so in the lead than in a playoff hunt, because there's a lot more pressure if you're trying to get into the playoff hunt than keeping the lead. But I think it's a good learning experience for him to be around the guys that he's going to be around for the next 10, 12 years. So you want to let him get his feet wet, not have the pressure of everything relying on him for him to be the savior of this team. That's not what you want for him because he's not the savior. You want him to be just a small piece now, kind of like what Conforto was when he first came up. Conforto wasn't a savior. He, you know, Michael Kadire had just come from winning a silver slugger in Colorado. And it was like, wait a minute, Kadire's not doing very well. And then bam, you see Michael Conforto taking off, killing it at the minor level, comes up, just ripping balls left and right. And everything from the beginning of the Michael Conforto era was 
the, the ball just sounds different off his bat. It just the way that he swings the bat was special. And Kadir saw the writing on the wall. He bowed out gracefully. He stayed in there as a mentor, worked with him consistently about reads in the outfield, how to play the position, what to look for from pitchers. And it set up Michael Conforto for a, a very good beginning of his Mets career. I think Alvarez is going to be the same way. You, you could hope that a guy like McCann will take him under his wing. Nito, same kind of thing. You want to be able to let this kid get acclimated to the big leagues without having to carry the load, and but be able to catch bullpens, get to know each and every pitcher, what they like to throw, how they like to throw things, what situations they like to use pitches in, so that it's not so foreign and, and, and so strange to him. It's definitely different than Mazika coming up and filling in more of a, you know, an internship almost where you want to see this kid learning the ropes on the fly because this is the guy that you're counting on for the future of the franchise. Yeah, one looks like a baseball player and one looks like your uh, chemistry teacher. Yeah, that's the big <laughs> difference there. One's got a beard of Zeus, red beard of Zeus. The other does not. You're listening to Amazing But True. Jake Brown, Nelson Figueroa at Amazing But True on Twitter. Francisco Alvarez on the way, potentially. Jacob DeGrom's on the way. Max Scherzer's on the way. And the Mets are on their way to Cincinnati. Fourth of July, three-game set before four against the Marlins. And a big week ahead, Figgy, because then it's those three games against the Braves. And it's three of 15. They got a lot of games against the Braves ahead and only a three and a half game lead. The Reds helped the Mets out Sunday. Now they got to help them out this week and lose. I mean, this is like you, you look at winning series, but this is the kind of week you want to go like six and one. You want to go into that series against the Braves with momentum. You want to go in with a bigger lead than three and a half because the way they're playing, you know, this could be tied by next week if things don't go right. Luckily, the Braves play the Cardinals who have been good, but then they face the Nationals over the weekend. So that is a huge three game set in Atlanta. We'll take you up to that three-game set with a special Saturday show. Be there. Keith Hernandez will have his jersey retired. I might retire mine as well. I might retire uh, number 69 <laughs> into the rafters or number double zero. I'm like Greg Ostertag into uh, the rafters. Your batting average. Yeah, my average will be retired. Zero, 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 <laughs> zero. How many zeros can you fit on a jersey? 2 p.m. at Ebbs Brewing Co. before the game, right outside the right field gate at City Field. Come join Amazing But True. We'll have a nice time there. There'll be a nice crowd there. Should be a near sellout, I would imagine. We'll see if Keith draws a, a sellout crowd. Shout out to Cadillac for that show. It's going to be a fun time at the ballpark. Let's hope the weather holds up. Let's check. Saturday, high of 85. Perfect. I'll have to bring my shout out to Mida for this. Amazing But True sweat towel is what it will become. Good I don't know God. how. It's pretty small, so I don't know how much it could get on me, but I'll make sure it's cleaned and ready to go for Saturday. Uh, Andrew Hartz will not be there, so we will probably have Anthony Pirelli there, our social media guy, Beer Belly Pirelli, as I used to call him back in high school. But uh, Figgy, you know, uh, big week coming cool, up. Jake. Now I'm fatter than him, so now I'm Beer Belly, <laughs> Beer Belly Brown, Beer that's Beer, called, beer Brown. That's called karma, bro. Yeah, karma is a you know what. Well, if you were wondering about that performance in Staten Island before John Heyman joins us, it was as bad as it can get. Figgy did throw me some cheese. Hearts missed the ferry by a couple of minutes. He was running for the ferry. I was worried he was going to get a heat stroke because it was hot that day. And he was worried about me missing it because I came from the Mets game, left in the bottom of the eighth after that scary collision, that delay. I had to just get out of there. Made it in time. Kind of wish I missed the ferry too, <laughs> because I'll say this. I haven't swung in years, So I was very rusty. 
My hand-eye coordination wasn't there. The game used Bryce Harper batting gloves didn't help me. Hearts is like, why are you using these? You could sell these for like $500. Well, I was hoping they'd give me a good luck charm. They didn't. My home run crunch outfit, which some thought was ridiculous. Some thought was iconic. I'm on the iconic side. With the gloves didn't help. The gold shoes clearly didn't help. And my ankles, everyone was making fun of my ankles. Yeah, I was swinging out of my shoes, out of my gold shoes. And there was a couple. The worst part was there was a couple. You came up close like it was T-ball and we're like throwing them underhanded. And I was like hitting maybe a couple that would be an infield single if I was no, like no. Essex Sneed or Jose Reyes. Yeah, and, and, but, uh, or Usain Bolt. If I was Usain Bolt in those gold shoes, maybe. But otherwise, nothing of the outfield. I finished it up. You threw a heater and I just laid down like an owl lighter swinging <laughs> bunt and ran to first with the bat. It was as putrid a performance as you can. I'm almost glad Hearts did make it. I know he saw the video, but if he saw, I already had one of your coaches watching me live and I felt ashamed for myself and probably about 50 scattered people in the crowd. Like who is this home run crunch loser who couldn't hit a damn thing? It was ugly. Figgy, all I got to tell you is that Jake was extremely proud because once I met up and, and saw him, because obviously you were gone by them, he was very proud that A, he made contact. He was like, oh, yeah, I made contact towards the end. Didn't I was like, contact. oh, did you? Did you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I made contact. You know, it was a weak ground ball and I had a butt. I said, no, no, no. Bunting does not count for contact. That I am not. No, no, no. I had a few that I hit that contact. were not butts. I had a couple foul tips as well. Foul tips don't count for contact either. Get out of here. His, his exit velo. Let's put it this way. His, his exit velo. You could have timed with a uh, with a 10 speed bike. I had a couple of foul balls that there was no catcher. So there was no one to catch it. So it's foul and I'm still alive at bat. A couple of the infield I had a couple go to third, a couple to first. It's funny because Maida was taking video and she was worried it might get hit because she was behind the net. I'm like, you can go to the front of the net. You're not going to get hit by it. I'm not hit. If I hit it, it's not going to be hard enough to hit my my phone. Like if my phone breaks because I hit a line drive, good. I'll get a new yeah. one. I'll be proud of myself. Yeah, exactly. I was not proud of myself. It was disgusting. I try to, you know, it's batting practice. So what do you want to do? You want to lay it in there. You want to give a guy a good feeling. Let him hit it off the barrel a few times. See how far they can hit it. You know, a lot of the guys... Usually we'll stand there and, you know, they'll watch it for a little bit. And that usually pisses off a guy who's throwing BP. So when you're a pitcher and this is the <sighs> hardest thing I have with throwing BP is as soon as somebody hits the ball hard off me, now I got to do something different. I got to make the ball move. I Oh, it slipped. It kind of cut a little bit. No, I know what the hell I'm doing. I'm trying to make sure you threw one behind me. It was chin music, but it was like <laughs> Mike Piazza, Roger Clemens. I was about to throw the bat at you. I, I just wanted to check your temperature right there. And I did more than that, I think, because uh, there was a sphincter reaction that you could tell. You could tell you straightened right up. You got two inches taller. Well, Here you go. I'll play the voicemail that my mom left right now <laughs> oh, about wearing a helmet against you. You ready? Here we go. Hi, Jake. It's mom. Daddy just told me the story that you're going to Staten Island. When you go in the batting cage, make sure you wear a helmet because I don't want you to get hit with the ball. All right. Just be careful. Hope you have a good time. Love you. Talk to you later. Bye. <laughs> oh, my God. Listen. I didn't wear a helmet, by the way. I wore a hat. Luckily, you didn't hit me. As, as I told him, I wasn't going to hit him twice, Hearts. It was only going to be once. So <laughs> there's no need for a helmet. One, one of two things there. You know, it's great that mom cares so much, but I love that it was probably on your way while you're on the ferry. Mom is trying to make sure you get the Jake, Jake, please answer me. You've got to wear a helmet. 
Oh my well, God, your life is in danger. Yeah, it, it was uh, a rough, rough day. I, listen, I love the boat ride over. The boat was nice. You know, 275, quick little ride, stop at Battery Park City or whatever it is. Oh, you took the high speed island. Yeah, well, I didn't go any further than the stadium. <laughs> I went sat on the first time in 12 years, didn't go anywhere past the stadium, but it was a nice time. Great view. Got to call three innings of the game, tell some stories with our guy johnny wincott on the broadcast so man i miss doing that i did that long island ducks hofster back in the day always loved doing play by play and i got to shout out the duplantis queen as hearts let me know in brooklyn he they played dancing queen when he came up and now he's the duplantis queen so i got to reference mama mia <laughs> and i call lee mazzilli who my mom went to high school with his son's home run to left LJ. field yep and i still have no idea what body of water it is so i think i said it landed in the atlantic ocean or the hudson river johnny didn't know either what body of water that was not sure if you know uh, it's the atlantic ocean where the hudson river inlet meets even the east river is there so it's all three meet up right there more atlantic ocean the new york bay as it's referred to yeah see no one knows that so that's why i said it landed in the hudson river and i said i i think it hit like a mercy lago outside in the car <laughs> in the field as he crushed that to left that was fun well the mets will take on the reds for three in cincinnati taiwan walker max scherzer tbd shout out to david peterson who is having his child finally he was dominant again the other night, just 10 strikeouts. I mean, this guy's been on kid watch for forever and mm -hmm. is, is dominating. So maybe his wife should always call him and tell him you're a kid's on the way because he's pitching <laughs> tremendous. We'll hopefully see at some point Trevor Williams out of the rotation, but for now they're going to need him. Uh, we'll see Scherzer Tuesday, and then the Marlins come to town Thursday through Sunday. We'll see Scherzer hopefully Sunday back at City Field, and DeGrom's on the way. Live podcast Saturday at Ebbs Brewing Co. 2 o'clock. But coming up next on Amazing But True, it's our friend of the New York Post and co-host of the show podcast. That would be John Heyman. It feels 100%. So make sure moving forward that it feels good and, you know, continue from there. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. All righty. We're back on Amazing But True. Our Mets podcast in the New York Post. Jake Brown, Nelson Figueroa coming at you with our special guest this week. He is a co-worker of ours, a colleague. He is an MLB insider now at the New York Post and co-host of the show with Joel Sherman that me and Andrew Hartz produced. Let's welcome in to Amazing But True, John Heyman. John. How you doing, Jake? Hey, Figgy. How you doing? Happy. I am well. July. Jake, not so much. Yeah, well, <laughs> Figgy went into the studio to find out no one was there. So now he's back in the comforts of his home. Coffee out of a mug of our own faces that Figgy's oh, cousin Ida made. So uh, I'll sip on that. You're much better looking than that mug. Your mug yeah. is better than that mug. I got to tell you, Jake, that's not a very flattering mug. Well, she gave us a towel, too, and it, it makes me look about 80 pounds more than I actually am. That's me after an Italian a little chicken parm dinner. That's what I do look like. But uh, I can only tell it's you because I know Figgy has hair. 
Other than that, I have no idea. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold on a second. That means I'm 80 pounds heavier, too? (laughs) Yeah. Yours is a little bigger, too. Unbelievable. That's a a fold in the shirt, Jake. That is dad bod figgy. That's figgy's pregnant with uh, another child in this picture. (laughs) Um, And I just have food babies. I've I've had nine months away from uh, two food babies on the way. But welcome to the show. We are from home. Happy Fourth of July. Thanks for joining us on the holiday. Uh, I know you've been doing a lot of Yankees. You've been doing some Mets for the post. You know, a lot of people on Twitter look at you as the Mets guy. Do you notice that you I mean, you get all the replies. You say you read your tweets. Everyone's like, John's the Mets guy. Yes, I have noticed that uh, I get both. I get people saying you're a Yankee fan. I get people saying you're a Mets fan. But I would say it's about 80, 20. You're a Mets fan. Not sure why that is. Doing a lot more Yankee stuff than Mets stuff to this point. I'm neutral on both teams. I was a Yankee fan growing up. But if oh. people want to say I'm a Mets guy, that's fine. I, I'm neutral or I try to be neutral. Yeah, we just worked together at MLB Network and it was a long time since I had seen you. But I tell you what, we uh, hit the ground running and the chemistry was there. We had a lot of fun that night. One of the things I wanted to ask you with this team, not really struggling as of right now. Where do you see this team currently until they get those reinforcements back? Well, I mean, they've done a great job without DeGrom and Scherzer, two of the best pitchers in the game. DeGrom, I think, is the best pitcher when healthy. We saw that in his rehab start, probably the greatest rehab start ever, throwing 101 (laughs) miles an hour in the rehab. I'm not sure if that was recommended. I I think he just can't help himself. I I don't know if he knows another way. You know, Scherzer's a little bit like that, too. I mean, he he hit the ground running in spring training. He was ready to go throw on six innings in his second start, so... They're, they're cut from the same cloth. And, you know, obviously Scherzer has been generally healthy over his career, even though coming out of Missouri, apparently he had a bad picture or something MRI. People were afraid. He was picked in the middle of the first round. He was traded. People thought he was going to be a reliever. And, he, you know, I mean, he's basically an all-time great pitcher. So, I mean, the guy is determined. He's a winner. My mind an all-time great. So, you know, when you have them, I think they are the scariest team in the National League. Right now, they've been, you know, about the best team in the National League, even without them. So that's a pretty good start. John, yeah, we were talking about this earlier. That is concerning, but that's what DeGrom is. 101 against single-A hitters. I mean, they're poor families. I mean, they're already making, like, below minimum weight. Now you're going to throw 101 miles an hour at him. What do you do in that instance? Does he dial it down and throw 96? Because he's going to have, what, two or three more rehab starts until we see him back sometime after the All-Star break. That's a little bit concerning. Yeah, I mean, he's a very competitive guy. I'm not sure he can do it. I I would assume that they kind of told him to dial it down. If that's dialing it down, they're in pretty good shape. You know, if he's got 105 in him, you know, more power to him. But, I mean, I I think some people would rather have seen 96, 97, which is, you know, obviously taking a little bit off for him. But, I mean, it's a good sign that he's able to throw 101. He's obviously healthy at the moment, but I mean, certainly with his injury history, there is going to be concern about him throwing a one-on-one in his rehab start. And I will say this. Yeah, you're right about those poor minor leaguers. I hope he got them steak and lobster like Scherzer did. Uh, Binghamton, good for Scherzer. The rumors of DeGrom would sign with the Braves if, if he doesn't go to the Mets or go elsewhere. You were under the inkling, you said on the show with Joel Sherman and John Heyman that he would go elsewhere in the offseason. Tell us why you think that. 
Yeah, I mean, I think there's a good chance of it. I do believe he's going to opt out, assuming he throws any starts and looks anything like himself in the major leagues once he gets there. You know, I think the contract is such, and he has said that he's going to opt out. So once you opt out, you can go anywhere. Now, there are guys who've opted out or been free agents who signed back with their previous team. But, you know, I would say at this point, you know, I'm just reading tea leaves. I think there's a good chance that he will go elsewhere. The rumors have been Atlanta, Houston, Tampa. If they'd come up with the money, and they did for Freeman, they came up with a pretty good salary for Freeman. So I wouldn't rule that out. You know, I think those are rumors based on the fact he is from D-Land. I hope that I'm pronouncing that correctly in Florida. I, I do live in Florida myself uh, part of the time, but I've never really been Depends to Depends how many drinks you had, how you pronounce it down in Florida. Is that, yeah, well, I don't want to say that. I have my neighbors <laughs> and all that, but uh, I've driven through. I've never actually been there. That's the speculation among people, some with the Mets, some outside the Mets that think he would probably prefer to go to Atlanta, Houston, or Tampa, some team like that. You never know. I think it's always about the contract. If the Mets come up with the best contract, I'm certainly not going to rule out that he will resign with the Mets. He certainly seems to have been annoyed with that contract, but you know that contract was signed by his previous agent and himself. He agreed to it. I don't know that you can blame the Mets for the contract, but you know what? Uh, and certainly they had a different regime in there. It was Brody was the GM at the time, and you know, good contract by Brody, even though he's not pitching now. It's under market, believe it or not. You know, we're speculating. I think anybody who's suggesting Atlanta, you've heard that rumor. It's speculation. We're way early in that game. And if you're going to tell me that Uncle Stevie's going to let him put on another uniform because of money, there's no way in hell that. Think about it this way. Robinson Cano's $40 million was kind of like if you used to throw the money in the toll in the old days with the change in your ashtray. That's what he did with that $40 million. He's like, you know what? This team isn't better with him. We're better without him. Here's that money. Just throw it right out the window. So that's $40 million right there. So if you're going to pay Scherzer the three-year contract that you did, Jacob DeGrom has certainly been worth that to you and your franchise. And to keep him in a Mets uniform for the rest of his career, I think that's the number one priority. If he's healthy, that's the biggest key to this whole thing. Yeah, I mean, I will agree to you to this extent. Uncle Stevie, as you call him, Certainly can afford it, and he can. He's your uncle too, John. He's your uncle. It's fine. <laughs> well, I mean, more likely my uncle than than Figgy's uncle, but Good not point. that I know of. I, I don't have any uncles of that magnitude that I know about. I, I'll, I'll have to look into it, though. I, I think um, I have a Nigerian one. I get an email every now and then about this Nigerian uh, yeah, uncle who you passed too, away. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. He can afford it, but does that mean he's going to pay for everyone? You know, at some point there is some limit and there are negotiations and there is competition. You know, I'm not going to guarantee that he's going to outbid everyone. You know, obviously he listens to his front office. You know, Alderson and Epler are in charge in that front office. Are they going to recommend that he go to 30, 40 million for a pitcher that's been available half the time in recent years? You know, I'm not sure. You know, at some point you're going to say to yourself, you know what, I'd like a pitcher with a three ERA who's there every day over a pitcher with a one ERA who's there half the time or less. You know, maybe. I mean, that depends on your taste. Me, I'd take the one ERA for half the time if he can do it. You know, he's got to show it that he can be there half the time. And it looks like he may get half a year. If he gets that half a year and he's himself with a one or a two ERA, 
Uh, he's gonna. There's gonna be a lot of competition. Alex Cohn is a Bariqua, so maybe there is some relation to Figgy Puerto Rican. Oh my connection God! Did there. you just say that? I, I you like the word Bariqua. Like goes, it's, it's, you made it sound like barista. Oh, I'll go get my coffee from the barista oh in, in a few God. minutes after the show is over. John Heyman is with us. Follow on Twitter at John Heyman. The trade market, you know, it's not really heating up yet, but we're in the coming weeks where your phone gets busy, where your tweets get busy, where you're reporting things. You know, the names we know are the Castillos, the Montas, the, the, you know, the two teams who are the worst in the league. The Mets will face one of them this week. What do you see the Mets doing here? They got the money, obviously, like we discussed. Yeah. What do you think they, they're at? Because they kind of need a reliever, a starter, and a hitter, really. They want to solidify this team for a playoff run. Yeah, well, I think, you know, Scherzer's going to be back. So presumably he's going to be okay. And then DeGrom is expected back probably shortly after the All-Star break. So they'll see how he's doing as well. If they're both doing well, their need for a starter is not going to be as great as some other teams so not sure they're going to be in that market for Montas or Castillo. They have called on those guys. They have scouted them. They have looked at almost everything, I think, from relief to starting the hitter. So it's difficult to predict. We're early in the game, even we're less than a month in before the trade deadline of August 2nd. I do agree that they're going to need to get a reliever, at least one reliever, and certainly a left-handed reliever. You know, that is an issue. Their bullpen has been up and down a bit this year. So I think we can count on them going out in the relief market. May could be back, but may or may not be. Assuming he is back, even with him back, they're going to be looking for relief. So I think we can count on that. I personally think they need to look at a, one more hitter. I mean, you've got this DH now. We came into the season with seemingly so many DH options from Dom to Cano to J.D. Davis. None of them has really performed, obviously, they gave up on Cano early, so he's out of the picture. Dom has done a little bit better lately. JD has hit the ball harder than his stats would show, but I think there are enough good hitters out there that they're going to look seriously at Benintendi, at Josh Bell, somebody to be that DH. You know, there are a couple good first basemen out there, Manstini or Bell. They'll be a DH for the Mets because obviously you've got Alonzo, who's an MVP candidate. He'll stay at first, but I would say they could use a DH as well. If they got a DH in bullpen, I think we should be happy with that for the Mets, assuming Scherzer and DeGrom are okay. Quickly, Francisco Alvarez, do you see him coming up to the big club in September? Yeah, I'm glad that you brought that up. I mean, he potentially is another candidate for that DH spot. I mean, they've got a veteran staff, and I know that Scherzer was happy throwing to him and felt that he's a good catcher. Uh, I think that's a bit of a risk for them to take. Uh, McCann has been good on defense, even though he hasn't hit like a $10 million player. Uh, I think Nito is a good backup. So I think they're pretty solid defensively behind the plate. And, you know, that's very important. But I could see Alvarez as a candidate to be that DH. You know, he certainly has hit up a storm after a slow start in double A. He's been sent up now to triple A. I think that's a little bit of a tryout to see whether he can be that DH and whether their need is great to get a, go get a Mancini or a Bell. You know, he's just a terrific talent, only 20 years old, though. So they'll see how he does at AAA, if he does great there, too. I think it's a realistic possibility. Yeah, you've got the Mets right now with the 16th best prospect load down in minor leagues. They're the 16th best ranked organization. And then you have this upcoming draft, two of the first 14 picks in the first round. So continue to have blue chip options. That would make, you know, for a major trade, yeah. a blockbuster type trade. And that MLB draft is coming up in L.A. where I can confirm the Mets will not draft Harold Kumar Rocker. They will not draft him. He's not getting picked by the Mets again. <laughs> Someone's going to take him maybe in the first round, but it won't be the Mets. And 
I'll be there or the trip is booked. Nice. John, will, will you be joining me? If I like the party. I'm 31 single. I'm still yeah. a young guy. Will you join me on any of these Likes long walks on the LA? beach, you know, <laughs> or will yeah. you be asleep in the hotel by 11? Or are you coming out to party? Well, you know, I don't think I can keep up with you. I'm about twice as old as you. So uh, wish you luck and have fun at the parties uh, in L.A. I'm, I'm sure they fit your style. I'm more of a. You know, I'm more of a like a Kansas City kind of guy, probably than an L.A. kind of guy. But, Good uh, dinner and a fine wine. I can see this. Yeah. And I'm, that. I'm just hoping to stay awake for the game and the, and the <laughs> derby, although they do start three hours early there. Right. So I, I got a good shot there. I know in San Diego, I was able to do it because of that. Uh, you know, me and Andrew have stepped into your mentions because you do mention us. We do the show. Yeah. It is a scary place in there on Twitter. And you said you read all your replies. Now, I, I think I've had a few people text me say, can John unblock me or something? If someone comes disrespectful, you'll block them. Well, sure. Uh, Twitter is free. You know, I love the people who say, oh, you're just trying to get clicks, link, whatever. I, I'm, not, I'm not getting paid for Twitter. So it's there's no complaint department. So someone complains, they're gone. You know, I mean, certainly if they're vulgar and they complain and they rip me. Even a complaint I'm not too happy about. I mean, it, it's free, right? You know, it's a mm -hmm. free service. I mean, do you complain about something free? Go somewhere else if you don't like it. That would be the solution for me. I like that. So don't come vulgar and don't complain or you're getting the towel thrown in from John Heyman. Follow him on Twitter at John Heyman. Read him in the New York Post, nypost.com and subscribe to the show with Joel Sherman and John Heyman, wherever you get podcasts. That comes out on Tuesdays and we'll be doing a live show. Stay tuned from L.A. on the day of the All-Star Game on the 19th. John, appreciate you coming on. Amazing but true. I'll uh, We'll see you in studio tomorrow. All right. Great to be with you, Jake and Figgy. Uh, anytime, guys. Take care. A-Rod is expected to be on the show, so Tune in for Alex Rodriguez. That means I've had a lot of good players and a lot of opportunities. All right, Figgy, that says goodnight to episode 111. Man, we have had a lot of episodes of Amazing But True, our Mets podcast from the New York Post. Thanks to you, Jake and Andrew Hartz, for producing the show. Thanks to our guest, John Heyman, for stopping by. Catch up on all episodes of Amazing But True by subscribing on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us all on Twitter at Amazing But True, at FiggyNY, and at Jake Bound Radio. And you can follow Andrew Hartz at Andrew Hartz. For Nelson Figueroa, Andrew Hartz, I'm Jake Brown. Happy Independence Day, everybody. Um, I got to say this. Fireworks overrated. Oh <laughs> my god! They're, they're just—I don't know. Oh. I'll say the Mets fireworks show sucks at City Field. It's very much like a quick pyrotechnic show with the same music every year, and the music keeps me in it. But five minutes later, it's over, and I'm like, I probably could have beat the traffic or got a cheaper Uber by now if <laughs> I just left. I—I I don't know. I mean, after today, after the Fourth of July, please, no more fireworks. No next weekend. Uh, no more fireworks. Just, unless it's a tremendous, iconic show. Shea Stadium used to have incredible fireworks shows in the parking lot. Massive. There's just—it's just loud. It's—it's it's making horns honk. It's making—it's waking up the dogs. It's waking up the babies. I don't mind fireworks. This goes deeper. This goes deeper. You have some kind of PTSD about fireworks, some loud noises, a hot dog you didn't get on the barbecue. There's something deeper about this whole thing plus what fuegos artificiales fuegos artificiales <laughs> I, I you know people may have speech impediments and i apologize but jakes are self-inflicted i'm I sorry a, spa that, a spanish speech impediment it, it really is it, like your jaw like protrudes when you say try it again well enjoy your fuegos artificiales <laughs> artificiales fishes <laughs> <laughs> What's the order? Fish fillet. 
What's the order? Artis Fetisha Falish. Well, come out on Saturday to our live podcast, Amazing But True. Evs Brewing Co., 2 p.m. Be there before the Mets retire. Keith Hernandez's number. I mean, finally. I mean, it's pretty crazy that it took till 2022. Maybe a new owner may have uh, played a part in that. When they retire number 17, that will be at 3.30. So we'll make sure to get you out of there so you can hopefully get your bobblehead as well, your Keith bobblehead, make the ceremony, and we'll have a quick after show we'll do. But uh, the show should drop around 9 p.m. Saturday. So remember, no show Monday. It'll drop Saturday. Until then, thanks for listening to Amazing But True. Happy Artisha Fialish. Happy Independence Day, 4th of July. That was Big Old Jake Brown. Thanks for listening to Amazing But True. And as always, Figgy, let's go, go Mets. Mets. There was a delay there, so that's fine. We're doing it from home. Happy holidays. <laughs> Happy Artisha Fialish. There it is.